I'll be reading that out for us. That is Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and this is God's Word. So I reflected on all this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. But no man knows whether love or hate awaits him. All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. As it is, as it is with the good man, so with the sinner, as with those who take oaths, so with those who are afraid to take them. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The hearts of men, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts and while they live. And afterward they join the dead. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart. For it is now that God favors what you do. Always be clothed in white, and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong. Nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned. But time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no, one, no man knows when his hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net, or birds are taken in a snare, so men are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in that city a man poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, our Lord, we thank you for the book of Ecclesiastes. Thank you for the series that we've been doing as a church. And Father, as we look at chapter 9 today, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would be with us. Help us by your Spirit to have understanding. Give us ears to hear, hearts that are receptive. Father, we pray, Lord, that as we come before you, Lord, that you would remove any distractions that we have. 
Lord, we pray that you would, we would be attentive to your word. And Father, I pray, be with me as I preach it. Anoint me for this task, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Life is filled with frustrations. It's filled with hardships. And one of the many sad things that we may experience in our lifetimes is loss. Uh, and loss can be so much more than just losing a loved one, more than losing a pet. Our loss can be the experience of losing something that is dear and valuable to us. And as we experience loss, we may not only feel grief, we may also feel frustration. I remember when I did a chaplaincy placement a few years ago in a nursing home. And one of the frustrations shared with me by one of the residents was his loss of mobility. And the frustration he had that as he got older, he was no longer able to do some of the simple things he could once do, such as tie his shoes. He said, I learned to tie my shoes when I was five years old, but now I can't even do that. How frustrating to be met with the reality that something that you could once do for 80 years was now lost to you. Unfortunately, friends, to live in a fallen world is to live in a world filled with frustrations, filled with hardships. And each of us will experience different hardships, different frustrations. But there are some hardships in life which are unavoidable. Now, we're all going to cry. We're all going to die. Now, some things in life are just unavoidable. Life is filled with hardships, filled with frustrations. And this is a repeated refrain by Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. Frustrating, frustrating. Everything is frustrating. Or meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. If you've joined us here at Cornerstone today, we're going through the book of Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature. And in this book, Solomon shares his thoughts, his observations as we live in a fallen world, as we live life under the sun. And as Solomon looks into the world, he is searching for meaning. He is searching for joy. He is on the lookout for happiness. But to his great misfortune, as he seeks joy, as he seeks meaning in this world, he is continually met with the sad reality that life is meaningless. Life is filled with frustrations. Life under the sun is vanity. It's like chasing after the wind. Here in chapter 9, Solomon shares that life under the sun has no rhyme or reason. And he shatters any illusion that there is some sort of advantage to be found in this fallen world. Have a look what he says at verse 1. He says, I reflected on all this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. But no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. He says in verse 2, there is no advantage. Because whether you live the righteous and wise life, whether you seek good, whether you live a morally pure life, whether you worship God, none of it matters. He says it doesn't matter. Because bad things may still happen to you. Disaster may still befall you. 
There is no worldly advantage to be found as we live under the sun. And as Solomon looks at this world, he sees three things that are unavoidable. That living in this fallen world, no matter how we live it, we will all face death. He says, second, we will all face time and chance. And third, we will all face folly and sin. Solomon firstly sees at verse 3 a great evil that is found under the sun. Have a look at verse 3 with me. Solomon says, this is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The hearts of people, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live. And afterward, they join the dead. That great evil that Solomon sees is death. We all face death. No matter how we live our lives, whether we die in infancy or die at a ripe old age, each of us are going to die. And for many of us, that scares us. One of the greatest fears in our society is our own death. Our fear of death even makes us more cautious in general. I know since becoming a parent that I've become a lot more cautious. Anything that could, come, could bring harm to my family, I'm always thinking, how can we prevent that from happening? I know every time we get our car service and they tell me, oh, this needs repairing next. Uh, if it's something that could cause harm to my family, we do it right away. The last thing I want happening as we get into the car, as we go down the hill, realizing the brakes are going to fail us, uh, we prevent that from happening. We don't want that to happen. Uh, we are afraid to die. And I think it's because death doesn't feel natural to us, does it? I also think that we find death not only unnatural, but we also find it confronting. Here in the West, death is a foreign thing. Unlike other cultures, it has become uncommon for us to see someone dying. It has become uncommon for us to see someone dead. Our society almost doesn't know what to do with death. We are afraid of it. We are confronted by it. Now, can I say we are so afraid of death that as a society we have even taken life and death into our own hands? As many of us are aware, here in Tasmania last year, we legalized voluntary assisted dying. And since last month, you could legally have medical assistance to take your own life. Our fear of death and dying makes us want to even control how we live and how we die. But to die, to end your own life early, Solomon sees this as a terrible thing. While life is filled with hardships, filled with frustrations, Solomon sees death as more, a more terrible outcome than the most frustrating of existences. For him, it is better to be counted among the living than the dead. And so he says, verse 4 to 6, Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. As Solomon says, when you die, there's nothing left. He uses the example of better to be a live dog than a dead lion. A lion's. Lions are powerful predators. 
a beast that embodies strength. And such an animal was admired in the ancient world. While dogs in the ancient world were scavengers and an animal to be despised. So Solomon is giving this illustration by saying, he's giving it because he's saying, even the hardest, most frustrating of lives is better than a dead one. So what does he then say to each of us as we will all face death? Well, he says, enjoy life while you can. Even though it's frustrating, enjoy what you have. Go, eat your food with gladness, he says, and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white. Always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life, and in your toilsome labor under the sun, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. Solomon says, live. Live. Enjoy and live life to the full. Put on your best clothes. Look after yourself. Enjoy time with the woman you love. Eat, drink, and be merry. Yes, it's going to be hard. But at least you'll be alive. At least you can still do stuff. So enjoy it while you can. Because once you're dead, there's nothing left. Friends, what Solomon is trying to do is change our perspective. That instead of being frustrated with this fallen world, he's telling us to enjoy the opportunities and the good things that God has given you. No matter your lot in life, see your days as a gift from God. If death is the end, if there is nothing left afterwards, then enjoy the days you have them while you have them. But what if death isn't the end? What then? What if death isn't the end? Our Solomon sees life under the sun, and he sees that death is the great equalizer. Whether you've been good or bad, death will come to each of us. But what if death what if death was the start of a new beginning? Such is the Christian hope. The gospel is a better message than Solomon can offer us. Death is not the end for those who are in the Son, those who are in Christ, those who have been saved by Jesus, saved by His death and His resurrection. Our friends, Christians have an even greater story than that which Solomon is suggesting. As we heard earlier from our passage from Romans 8. Uh, yes, we live in a fallen world where there is suffering, where there, the world is subject to frustration, where there is fear, where there is loss, pain, tragedy, and death. But this does not compare to what awaits us. What Jesus has done for the Christian is that he has conquered sin and death. He has conquered the grave. What was lost in the fall, he has redeemed. Where death was the un unavoidable lot in life, a Jesus gives life, an eternal life, to those who believe and trust in him. Friends, as Christians, we look forward to the new heavens and the new earth. 
and we trust in Jesus, this is something we can bank on. And what a comfort that is to us. That this is a sure and certain thing. Especially when we live in a fallen world. That from our perspective, we live in a world filled with uncertainties. Our friend Solomon now transitions to the next unavoidable outcome that each of us will face. As Solomon sees life under the sun, he sees that life is unpredictable. And we will not always get the outcome we desire. He says to each of us, as we live under the sun, that from our perspective, each of us will face time and chance. Look what he says at verse 11 and 12. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned. But time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net, or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. What Solomon is saying is that misfortune can happen to any of us. It can happen to the wise. It can happen to the strong. It can happen to you. It can happen to me. And even though you may make all the wise and healthy choices, you can still be met with misfortune. I remember being told a story about my father's uncle who turned his life around. He gave up smoking, he gave up drinking, and sought to live a healthy lifestyle. And he did. However, tragedy struck him when he died in his late 30s from a heart attack. And no one saw it coming. It's stories like this that remind us that misfortune can happen to any of us, even to those who are perceived to be young and healthy. No matter the life we plan, we never really know what the future holds. What Solomon observes under the sun is that time, chance, and misfortune can happen to anyone. And it can happen as sudden as a fish being caught in a net or a bird being caught in a snare. Misfortune can happen at any time or at any place. But even though this may be the case, friends, I think the advice given by Solomon in verses 7 to 10 still stands, doesn't it? Is that while you don't know if tragedy will ever befall you, what matters now is enjoying the days God has given you. Don't live in fear of what you don't know, but enjoy what you do know. Enjoy the days God has given you. And for the Christian, If tragedy does strike, we have a hope that as soon as we die, we get to be with Jesus. Remember, for the Christian, death is not the end, but rather the start of a new beginning. Friends, I love those words that Jesus says to the thief on the cross. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And Paul reminds us from 2 Corinthians, to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord, to be present with our Lord and Savior. Our friends, we get to be with Jesus. Our life under the sun is unpredictable. There are time and chances and unknowns, but being with Jesus is something certain, something certain for the Christian. That promise given to the thief is a promise also to us. 
when we die, whether we die in our youth or we live to be a hundred, every Christian will be welcomed by their Lord and Savior as we await the redemption of creation. And friends, that is something that every Christian, every Christian can bank on. In a life filled with uncertainties, this here is a certainty. And this is not just some future promise. Knowing Jesus and being His is also a present reality. It's a promise we can bank on for the future because we have already been given a deposit of that future hope now. We have already been given as Christians the Holy Spirit, which Paul says in 2 Corinthians is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. We have already become a new creation, awaiting the new creation. And that same Spirit, as said in Romans 8, helps us in our weaknesses to live life under the sun. He helps us and He strengthens us by reminding us the gospel. The Spirit reminds us that those who have been justified and saved by Jesus will one day experience glory. So Christian, as you live life in the here and now, there will be misfortune. There will be frustrations but continue to hold on to the hope that is found in Jesus. And for those who haven't put their faith and trust in Jesus, for those who haven't put their faith and trust in Jesus, perhaps there's some of us here today. If you want to know more, if you would like to know more about this sure and solid hope, a hope where death isn't the end, but rather the start of the new beginning, why not ask God to help you? Ask that He would give you understanding. Ask someone here today about the hope that is found in Jesus. In this fallen world, there is chance, there is uncertainty, but Jesus offers something that is unwavering. He offers something that is certain, something that can be trusted. For it is in Jesus that the power of sin and death has been defeated. And this leads us to explore our final point. In our final section, Solomon sees that each of us will face sin and folly. And Solomon tells a story in verses 13 to 17 of how wisdom is better than folly. That to have strength means nothing unless you know how to use it. And he says how a poor, wise man was able to defeat the army of a rich, powerful, and yet foolish king. But Solomon ends this chapter not with praise for wisdom, but rather that sin can spoil or destroy much good. It's often said that it can take a lifetime to build a good reputation, but only an instant to destroy it. Or no matter how much good we have done, if there has been a moral failing, all that good work can be forgotten. Or perhaps in the case of what's happening here, the pursuit of sin can destroy wise decisions. While it might be good to follow the wise man who helped you to win the war, sinfully, we would rather choose power and wealth rather than wisdom. So what happens? Well, to the poor wise man, we say, thank you for your services, but they'll no longer be required. Unfortunately, we can do that all the time. Instead of being wise, we can just be so attracted to sin. Our sin can be enticing that we give into temptations. 
I think about it the book, in the book of Proverbs, how that, why, how that young man is enticed by the adulteress. She woos him with her, woo, her words and convinces him to sleep with her. That's what sin does. It can cause the wise to stumble and fall. Again, what Jesus does here for the Christian is so helpful. Where sin controls and makes us want to chase after the things of this world. And Jesus shows us that life in him is so much better. While the things of this world are fleeting, and Jesus offers something that is eternal. And Jesus, through his mighty work, has disarmed the powers and authorities of sinful living, those things that once controlled us. Our friends, the spirit that we have received convicts us of sin and of righteousness. We are able to be wise and say no to sin because of what Jesus has done and the work that is done within us. What Solomon sees under the sun is, is a world that has fallen, a world that is filled with sin. No matter how much good is done in the world, no matter how many times we seek good, all the good that is done can be tainted and is tainted by sin. But here is the good news. And we've touched on it already. Life under the sun is frustrating. It's filled with hardships. But life in the sun, life found with Jesus at the center, is a life filled with hope. What Jesus has done is defeated the power of sin and death. What sin destroys, Christ rebuilds. In Christ, the Christian is able to overcome the power of sin. In Christ, the Christian has a hope that will not be destroyed or fade away. In Christ, the Christian has received eternal life. Death is no longer the end. As Solomon says that some things are unavoidable. But in Christ, Christ gives us a life greater than that which is found under the sun. Because Christ redeems what is fallen. Christ gives new life and a better life for the Christian than just what is found under the sun. And when dealing with hardships and frustrations, our Solomon says, enjoy life. It's miserable, but enjoy it while you can. The Holy Spirit, however, tells us through His Word that life can be enjoyed even more because of the hope that is found in Jesus. What that old man in the nursing home needed to hear is that there is life beyond life under the sun. That there is a far better life found in the sun, found in Jesus. For the frustrations of this world have received an answer. And that answer is a freedom and renewal found in Christ and in Him alone. Life in the sun, life in Jesus is a hope that has conquered the grave. A hope that has conquered sin and death. A sure hope given to all those who believe. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that in him is a hope that has conquered the grave. Our Father, we thank you that in him is a certain hope that um, life here is not all that it is, but there is a life to be found in Him. Our Father, Lord, as we live in a fallen world where there is frustrations, where there is hardships, where there is pain and tragedy and death, 
Uh, Father, we pray, Lord, that we would continue to fix our eyes on Jesus and the hope that is found in Him. Uh, Father, help us to do this by Your Spirit, because it can be hard to do. Empower us and strengthen us by Your Spirit, we pray, that we would continue to see Jesus as our, our great reward, our shield. Uh, Father, it's in His name we pray. Amen.